In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sin. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that what we ask in faith we may obtain. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first reading for the 22nd Sunday after Trinity is from Micah chapter 6. 
With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Philippians chapter 1. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times. 
Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Peter came to Jesus and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. This is the word of the Lord. By this time in Jesus' ministry, the disciples were getting a clearer and clearer picture that the forgiveness of sins was at the center of what Jesus came to do. Peter's question is based in a fundamental issue for him. Forgiveness is great, it's full, but surely there has to be some limit to it. How often shall I forgive? He speaks as a Christian, but he also speaks as one who will be in the office of forgiveness. How often shall I forgive? Up to seven times? And Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. That changes everything. I became a pastor for one singular motivating reason, the forgiveness of sins. If God in Jesus forgave me, a debt too enormous for me ever to be able to repay or make up for. How can I not desire to give this forgiveness to others? The forgiveness of sins stands at the center of the Holy Spirit's work for us under the third article of the Creed. The forgiveness of the Lord Jesus, the Spirit lays upon our heart through the preaching of the gospel through the blessed sacraments of baptism and absolution and the Holy Supper. Today's parable of the unmerciful servant is a parable about God's forgiveness in Christ and the forgiveness that the church in her ministry is to distribute and that Christians are to bask in for one another. It is why St. Paul speaks so affectionately to the Philippians. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. It is also what Micah is speaking about. To walk humbly before one's God and to love mercy. That's the simplicity of being a Christian, to love mercy, the mercy of the Lord Jesus, to love his forgiveness. It is the highest worship to desire to receive it. I could ask the question, what is forgiveness? And it might seem like an unnecessary question because doesn't everybody know what forgiveness is? 
But there really is a lot of misunderstanding about forgiveness in the church. For example, sometimes we as Christians think, well, I'll forgive as long as someone confesses. But if they don't confess to me, I'm not going to forgive them. That's not forgiveness. Some think that forgiveness means that the sin a person committed doesn't matter. No, the sin always matters. If it didn't matter, then the price of Jesus' blood would not have been necessary to cancel that debt. If I forgive someone, it means that whatever he did is really okay. No, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness, even on the part of the Christian or the pastor who is forgiving, always acknowledges the reality of sin, not merely the sin of the person who is being forgiven, but for us in the ministry and for us as baptized Christians, chiefly my sin. Like the tax collector in the temple, God be merciful to me. Forgiveness acknowledges the reality of sin. We sin against God. We sin against one another. Sin is not okay. It is sin and the punishment for sin that we as sinners rightly deserve that nailed Jesus to the cross. The sinner, according to the judgment of God's law, deserves punishment because sin separates us from God, the source of life. The law demands restitution, payment from the lawbreaker. God's law is good. Sin is the breaking, the transgression of God's law. It transgresses what it is to love God. It transgresses what it is to love the neighbor. For love for God is willing to let go of everything for God's sake. Love for the neighbor to let go of everything in service to the neighbor. This is what trespass is. To trespass upon what the law demands in terms of love for God and love for the neighbor. And that's why sin is evil. It's just not simply a matter of tallying up good deeds according to the law and comparing notes with one another who has done more. What the law calls for is a love that sacrifices itself for the benefit of another. To refuse to do that is evil. It is rebellion against God. It is self-centeredness. It is lovelessness. So, the sinner makes a God out of himself. That is the nature of our old Adam. It's not like some do that and others do not. That is who we are according to the corruption of original sin and our fall into sin. The, The failure to believe that will prohibit or inhibit our capacity to forgive one another. The false God of self is always full of pride and will never let go of the sins of others. And this is the evil that we see in the parable of the unmerciful servant. And it is why such evil is fundamentally a denial of faith in the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice for us. That's why at the end of the parable there is condemnation in outer darkness. The unmerciful servant is wicked because here his Lord had 
forgiven him an enormous debt, impossible for him to pay for. And then he held on to the grievances that others had committed against him. He played God and insisted that his fellow servant be condemned and thereby denied the forgiveness that he himself received. This helps us understand what forgiveness really is. Forgiveness means that damnation, condemnation is taken away. In the parable of the unmerciful servant, the king represents God. The servant who is brought to him, according to the text, owes him 10,000 talents. You know what that means? It's about 600,000 times more than a year's salary. There's no way, no way he could ever repay the debt. The king had compassion on him and forgave him the debt. The king took away the punishment, the condemnation that he deserved. That's what Jesus did for us. And wonder of wonders, he did it in love. Selfless, sacrificial love for his father and for us, which is the fulfillment of the law in his sacrifice upon the cross. The condemnation of hell that you and I deserve for our sin fell upon Jesus. In his suffering and death, he was condemned in our place. By his death, we are released from the debt of sin and delivered from condemnation. And we don't deserve it, but it is his good pleasure to give it. That's why we heard in the intro it, with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Again, this helps us understand what forgiveness means. You and I, when we're called to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and to be his disciples, it means that for us, the baptismal heritage is that we're privileged to walk in this forgiveness also toward one another. It's actually the source of contentment and peace and fulfillment in our earthly life. It's, it's not trying to find people who have no sin because I'd rather live with them. There's no such thing. It's rather to live with one another, sinful though we are, and to give the greatest gift we could ever give to another person. Unconditional love and forgiveness. We're called to this because this is what God in the Lord Jesus has done for us. Since Jesus was condemned to death of the cross in payment for sin, how can we possibly hold on to the sins of others? Again, the parable of the unmerciful servant. To do so is a denial of faith in Christ. What does forgiveness not mean? Forgiveness does not mean that we must welcome the rapist or murderer into our home. Forgiveness does not mean that a wife who has been abused by her husband must, under every circumstance, be reconciled to him. Forgiveness means that we are called to let go of hatred. 
and every desire to take revenge or to get the pound of flesh from those who have hurt us. Again, this is what God has done for us in Christ. But there are often consequences or collateral damage. And here, too, it's the forgiveness of sins and the grace of God in Jesus that enables us to carry those crosses of brokenness. It is true that God's forgiveness received in repentant faith reconciles us to God. But in this life, not every human relationship can necessarily be restored. And we look forward to the resurrection where we will see clearly and where God will right all of the wrongs at last. There is a difference, for example, between Christian parents who will not allow their grown child to live with mom and dad anymore because they've been irresponsible and it is not healthy and good for that grown child. There's a difference between that and the parents who have disowned their rebellious child, who refuse to pray for her and wish that she had never been born. The former is proper Christian love. The latter is a denial of one's faith. Forgiveness does not mean that what someone has done for us, against us, is okay. So if someone ever confesses to you, I'm sorry, don't reply, it's okay. Use Jesus' words, I forgive you. And you might even consider, I forgive you for Jesus' sake, because it anchors that forgiveness on the unmovable rock, which is Christ. Forgiveness means that we desire their salvation more than anything else, that they embrace Christ, that if they're estranged from him, they return to him. To even confront someone with their sin is not for us who believe in Jesus chiefly about making sure they understand what they've done to me. No, it's always about restoring them. This is why Jesus told Peter that he was to forgive his brother, whether as a Christian or as a minister of the gospel in the office, not merely seven times, but 70 times seven, which is to say there is no limit. Isn't that a little extreme? And the answer, of course, is yes. It is very extreme. It is as extreme as the suffering and death of Jesus for the sins of the whole world. That's extreme. That is radical love. That is unfathomable grace. And this is why in the church, at the center of the Lord's Prayer, we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we, pastors, forgive everyone who kneels in confession and cries out for mercy. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us as we let go of one another's sins here at the altar to receive the body broken and the blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us because to do otherwise would be a denial of our faith. 
No wonder Luther says in the small catechism. We pray in this petition that our Father would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them, but we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. God grant this to us all for Jesus' sake. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the faith with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory, to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. Implant your word in us that with good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We humbly implore you to rule and govern your church throughout the world. Bless all those who proclaim your truth that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, and that faith in you may be strengthened, love towards others increased, and your kingdom extended. Bless, protect, and prosper the work of Kirsten Franklin, serving in Africa on, in an LCMS short-term mission trip. 
Send forth laborers into your harvest and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached in all the world. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, we give thanks for the gift of holy baptism, where you forgive sins and gather your children into your church. Bless all the baptized, especially Joel Ullman, Ray Dean Ullman, Kathy May, Brian Brendel, Robert Haga, Al Gable, Joanne Lesage, Lindsay Weber, Chuck Finke, Delaney DePuma, Paul Cockermeyer, who are celebrating their baptismal birthdays this week. Lord, in your mercy, grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the governor and legislature of this state, and to all those who make, administer, and judge our laws. Grant them grace to rule according to your good pleasure for the maintenance of righteousness and for the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy, comfort and sustain all those who mourn the death of loved ones, especially the family of Dale Mayer, son-in-law to Bonnie Zaretsky, and his brothers, who mourn the death of their youngest brother, Neil Mayer, the family of Alex Fries, son of Pastor Michael Fries at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Fort Wayne, and the family of Judy Vento, neighbor to the Petersons, that all these, with the sure and certain hope of the resurrection of the dead, would receive the gifts that Christ gives. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, all who are in need. Strengthen and sustain all those who are sick or recovering, especially Carol Bender, recovering after recent hospitalization, Don Fell, undergoing evaluation of breathing difficulties, Donna Franklin, undergoing testing, Luther Gutnecht, recuperating from surgery for a fractured hip, Paul Schmidt, recovering from a leg amputation, Newborn Isaiah Wheating, recovering from open heart surgery and preparing for further surgeries. Kay Trapp, recovering from breast cancer surgery. And Kathy Miller, Heather Peters, and Josiah Beringer, who are all in cancer treatment. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you establish marriage as a union of one man and one woman. Grant your blessing upon all married couples especially Jeffrey and Lindsay Kenyon, Larry and Sharon Martin, Matt and Sarah D'Amato, who celebrate wedding anniversaries this week, that their lives together may be blessed with wisdom, purity, self-sacrifice, and love. Lord, in your mercy. Although we have deserved your wrath and punishment, yet we ask you, O most merciful Father, not to remember the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions. Out of your unspeakable goodness and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger to body and soul. Preserve us from false doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. In any time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all, 
especially to those who believe. Lord, in your mercy, cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all godly occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, crowning them with your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, these and whatsoever things we would have you ask of us, O God, grant us for the sake of Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and remembrance of Jesus, 
We beg you, O Lord, to forgive. Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship. With the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the holy supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.